Can we start this meeting now? Can we nominate a chair? <laughs> Are you saying you have the authority? I'm here as a proper officer. Not, not a... <laughs> I'm the clerk, actually. <laughs> Read the rules. <laughs> Read them and Read understand them. them. Read them and understand them. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 94 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by Mr. Grey Kicks. Hello. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Um, I like the fact that we, by the time this podcast comes out, the opening will already be outdated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Uh, busy working week, but I've had the weekend off, so yay. I think I, think I seem to say that every weekend at the moment. Mm. So yeah. Good. You're right, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still alive. Excellent. That's all we can ask for. Mr. Toby Anderson. Evening. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm full of roast dinner. Excellent. Me too. That's always a good thing. Yeah. What is your favorite thing on a roast dinner? Stuffing. Stuffing. Nice. Are you one of those people that leave the best thing till last? Or is no. It I, try and eat, I try and eat a bit of everything and then have at least one mouthful of everything left at the end. Oh, that's cool. It's very tactical. <laughs> I like it. Mr. Paul Collett. Evening, sir. Evening, sir. How are you, man? I'm not too bad. Shuffling through as you do. Indeed. What's your favourite thing on a roast dinner? Uh, do you know what? I love roast dinner, but since I've become vegetarian, I've not had one for so, so long. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. Oh, but, yeah. Um, funny enough, the favourite thing was the meat. <laughs> ah, yeah, well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? But no, to be fair, I like, I like, I like the end bit where you've got like, loads of gravy, got a bit of stuffing, a bit of potato, a bit of vegetables all mixed up into a big mush. Sure? That's, right. That's my favourite bit. There it is. And finally, it's Jackie Weaver. Oh, wait, no. Sean Davies. Hiya. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Roast parsnips, mate. That's what my part, favourite part of a dinner is. Roast parsnips. They they gotta are pretty good. They've got to be absolutely nuked so that the ends are like crispy black. Witch's toes. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them, but the best thing? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, he's a northerner. Let, Over let potatoes and Yorkshire pudding and stuffing? Wow. And it, yeah, but like that's, that's just the icing on the cake is the, is the parsnips. Okay. Everything else is standard, you know? Right. Or, or like a pig in blanket, you know? The, these oh. things, they don't get them often. How about you? What's your favourite part of a Sunday lunch? It's got to be stuffing, isn't it? It's got to be oh, stuffing. good. Someone yeah. agrees with me. Absolutely. I well, completely agree. The, what kind of stuff well, like... That's like saying stuffing cranberry sauce is the best part. Like, it's not a sauce. Stuffing, sage and onion. Yeah, but stuffing's a, a, a accompaniment. It's a, uh, whatever. But it only <laughs> comes with that meal. Do you know what I mean? Like, all well, the other bits come with something else, plenty of other no, meals. No, it doesn't. You, you stuffing can't have hardly ever have it. You don't no, have, ever have you stuffing don't have with anything else. You with your sausage and chips, do you? You don't have oh, stuffing right. with sausage. But you don't but... have stuffing with anything else, That's no, so what I'm saying. You said everything comes with other meals. Oh, well, whatever. This is not the food, the finger guns food cast. <laughs> Right then, let's get into some games and talk the game of the week. So I'll go from the top. Greg Kicks, your game of the week. Uh, I still on my Hitman kick, but I've kind of put that aside because this week I, I've caught up on my review games, which is cool. So I've gone back to The Last of Us Part 2 and I played it through when it came out. And of course, it was all lots of negative press, as we know, and all that. And I think I just sort of cruised through it 
not cruise through it. It was it was a it was a bit of a challenge at times. I just sort of played it and went, yeah. And then I think I must have I don't know if I sold it to someone or I traded it. And then I got I got it on the cheap. Uh, recently, oh, when I bought my desk, it was it was like a cheap as fucking Argos. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I want to go back and and play through it again. So I'm doing a second playthrough, but unfortunately, I don't remember deleting my save, but I, I must have done, obviously. So I've got nothing. It would have been nice to do like a new game plus and actually finish upgrading my weapons and doing all the supplements and stuff like that. But oh, well. Uh, so yeah, I've been taking my time this time and exploring and I'm not using a guide, but I'm trying to find more of the cards and like all the, the lore items and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's staggering how beautiful that game is and you you can like just stand on top of an ambulance and see uh you know like amazing vistas and the, i remember the combat in the first game being pretty good but what i like about this one and obviously it's thematic as well because obviously the years have gone on and and grass has grown and the fact that you can go prone and hide in grass and stuff and it's it's on par well it's not on par with because i love the the phantom pains stealth and that was more sort of free-flowing and dynamic because you have more weapons and you could tank more hits but it reminds me of that, that you can go prone and sort of move dynamically and you're not set uh, like cover to cover type um uh, you know like like there are the, the battle arenas there are cover spots you can hide behind but it's nice that you, there are options if you want to try and like do an uh, above ambush or sneak around the side and all that kind of stuff um so yeah there's me thinking i'm like an absolute veritable badass at it it's only when I pause it the other day to look at something in the uh, in the options that I've had it on light challenge, <laughs> which means that like loads of resources are readily available to me. Uh, enemy density is not as much, and enemy awareness is also quite low. So instead of being able to see you, I mean they will eventually, but they're not as vigilant as they would be. So there's me thinking I'm like the stealth master, and it just turns out I've got daft AI on. So uh, yeah, but yeah. I'm not really playing for the challenge. I might go through and do it again on Grounded. Um, you know, if I can do like a new game plus on it to start with a bit of an advantage. But I'm just having fun going through that again at the moment. You know, I've I've been working a lot this week, so I've just been kicking back playing Last of Us Part 2. And I think if anyone's still on the fence about it because of all the Neil Cuckman, SJW pandering, blah, 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 blah. Just, just chuck all that in the bin and just play it. It's such a good game production wise yeah i agree so, yeah my game of the week is nothing new but it's just a technical powerhouse for the ps4 hmm. have you knocked up the difficulty now or are you going to carry on as well no i'm just going to cruise through because it's nice just having all the resources available and stuff like that just want to cruise it this time so i can then start a new game plus and if i can carry my skills onto ground difficulty then i will be doing that yeah fair enough the other thing that there's there's two things that really stand out to me in that game breaking glass is insanely detailed like i find myself like meleeing a uh a glass pane and it's contextual as well it's not like a normal swing she'll actually like hit it with the butt of whatever she's got mm. or and uh, and actually sort of like um shield herself but glass breaks dynamically like, wherever you hit it it doesn't just do like the old ps1 thing of just shattering and i find myself like trying to get the perfect shot i think my ps4 hard drive is full of photo mode saves of me getting like the shattering of glass <laughs> And the other thing is, I feel like an absolute bastard for killing dogs. Ah, uh, yeah. Because it's done so well, and I feel like such a shit about it. But it's got to be done, unfortunately. Yeah. They're named as well, aren't they? So they have owners. Yeah, that's the tragic thing. And it's like, no, Rex! You're like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, man, oh. 
Damn it. Yeah, yeah nice. that's, been my, that's been my game of the week. Awesome. What a game. Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson, your game of the week? Um, I was going to go with two games, but I'll be quick. That's um, not the rules, man. I don't care about the rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> so first was um, I broke out the proper some proper games on my PS5. Um, so done Astrobot all the way to Platinum, um, and I thought I'd give a proper one a go. So I went with Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is what came with my PlayStation. Um, but I had a lot of trouble getting into it, to be honest. I wasn't really feeling it. And then I watched Into the Spider-Verse to get back into sort of Miles Morales as a character. And I found that story far more interesting than the story that's being played out in the game. Um, and then <laughs> by the time I got into it and was really actually giving a shit, it was over. Um, it's very short and the story was pretty basic. So I wasn't a massive fan of it, to be honest. Um, all of that talk of it being a standalone game, it seems a bit backhanded because it was four hours or five hours or so of storyline and the rest of it was busy work around the uh, an open world that I'd already explored once before for a long long time um, so I wasn't really all that into it I also found the story a bit like underwhelming like it's got um, it pretends it's high stakes like with all the you know crazy stuff's going on big bomb under the city all that stuff but it's it feels low stakes at the same time like Peter Parker this won't spoil anything but right at the beginning he just goes on holiday and that's why Miles is taking over in the city. The fact that Peter's just on holiday and could web back at any minute just felt like I was really just a custodian for a little while. I wasn't really in, I wasn't really responsible for anything. Like Miles could die and Peter would just come back in and just finish it off. He couldn't. He, he, he was taking photos <laughs> for MJ. It would take him a while to get there, I'll give you that. But he could still do it. Anyway, I just, I just got a bit sort of meh about it. If I'm going to say um, good things about it, it was very, um, very pretty. It's very... Uh, yes. Like the suits, his suits are pretty cool. Um, you can zoom in and zoom in and zoom in to the edge of like a shoulder or something, and there's just polygons for days. It's um, did you uh, did you play it in sixty frames? Yeah, I tried both of those modes. Um, I played it in sixty frames, and he was all you know smooth as silk, flying around. And then I played it at the thirty frames, whatever, and had the ray tracing. So it, whichever one, I think I think I found the thirty frames a bit annoying because it looked like he was always on the sort of you know uh, on Spider Verse. It has that sort of missing frames animation yeah it looked like that was always happening if you, you weren't on you un- 60 frames did you unlock that suit yeah and that suit's yeah. awesome i like the suits the 2099 suit was my favorite in the end mm. used that one a lot um and then my last the second game just for a second was um i started ac valhalla um and i haven't given up on it it's it starts well it's got it, well, it starts it starts very poorly for about half an hour to an hour and then it gets really fun when you start to being able to actually make you know, a difference in what you're doing and not just follow exactly what the storyline is saying. But I'm saying that if I, the more I went off and did my own thing, the more boring it got. So I just followed the story for a little while and got to the bit where you get your hidden blade and stuff. So once you got your hidden blade, because I was sneaking up on people and then not being able to assassinate them. And I was like, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> keep playing until you get your hidden blade at least. Um, so yeah, so that one, that one I'll keep going with. Um, I'm, I'm just clearing out Norway a little bit like you described a few weeks back. Clear out Norway first and then go to England. Um, but yeah, it's cool. That's nice. my games. Cool. Yeah, stick with it. Once you get the leap of faith, that game becomes proper. Yeah, proper I keep speed. sort of, I keep sort of jumping off buildings into bits of water if I can find them, but there's usually nothing to jump off of. It's like, oh, uh, or yeah. jump into rather. I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but yeah, once you get the leap of faith, it's uh it's all, it's all AC from then, from then on. That's what I think anyway. Cool. Feels a lot more uh, traditional. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, your games of the week. 
Um, so, uh, like Greg, I've gone back to an old game. So I've been playing uh, GTA Online this week. Um, but like, yeah, like a good boy, I've been turning my PlayStation on every month, loading it up, getting the $1 million they're offering um, until the new update comes out. So I turned it on this week and I thought, oh, I've got $10 million. And I was like, let's see what's going down. So I was playing it and my friend's got it as well. And there's that new heist, the Grand, the San Perico heist. Um, which you need to buy a submarine for and it takes you to a whole new island, actually, a whole new kind of uh, South American island. Uh, you know, kind of cool and stuff, but, you know, I had this love-hate relationship with Grand Theft Auto. Um, it's, like, it's like Rockstar have created this most amazing sandbox of a world. San Andreas, uh, the Explorer, it's just incredible how they've made it. Every update, they kind of suck every bit of fun from that game. So it's not a sandbox anymore. It's very regimented by the numbers, how Rockstar wanted you to play it. That's kind of missing the point. So uh, just an example, uh, we, we thought, me and my pal thought we'd do this, uh, this new heist. So my friend bought a submarine for $2 million. Um, then we thought, let's go and do this heist. I couldn't get into the submarine and he couldn't start the heist because A, he wasn't uh, president of a motorcycle club and I wasn't part of his motorcycle club. So he flew off to sign into the computer to register as a MC and flew back. He could get in the submarine, I couldn't. So you have to go fly back to uh, the computer, sign me in as an um, assistant, when it is, for his MC, then I can get in the submarine. Then you have to go to this island, and it's just everything's so long-winded. You have to go and do a million things first before you can actually do the mission. And I think it worked out about an hour and a half or two hours or something, we were just fucking around just so we can get, get into the submarine and get on this, uh, this heist. It's just pathetic. So... Um, you know, it, you know, it's fine online. I do like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm currently going around spending my money on recreating the Generation 1 Transformer cars, which is fun. Um, but I just wish Rockstar would stop being so kind of anal about their rules and shit. Just let people have fun. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's all about. Sandbox. You know? You yeah. Stop people, your characters, slowing down on wet sand and when they run up hills. They forgot. They forgot. I think Rockstar I forgot they're making a game, you know? <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's so, so hell bent on making the most realistic character movement ever that it's absolute bullshit. It's just the worst characters to actually control. I think they've lost the plot a little bit. Yeah. So, so um, would you yeah, say you enjoy Grab Episode 05? I enjoyed the story. Um, the story <laughs> I, thought game, I thought Game of the Week was meant to be like a positive thing. <laughs> No, no, well, see, I thought Game of the Week was what we've been playing, so, you know. I know, I'm just, um, just winding you up. No, I wasn't that positive it's either, a it? thing. It's got, it could have been the most amazing thing. To a point, in fact, well, they probably don't need a Grand Theft Auto 6. If they can patch this current, uh, like, uh, island that they built, which is, you know, you can't really do it anywhere else in this world, I don't think, then they'll probably go forever. But it's got to make don't it more fun. Don't say that. Don't give them ideas. We want no, more single-player content. That, you know? Because um, yeah, if you think about it, we have like um, we've had open worlds in San, uh, Chicago, San Francisco, London, and New York. They were very kind of limited to just the city. Where at least in San Andreas, you've got the beach, you've got the desert, you've got like a, a Hollywood studio, you've got the port and airport. Everything's there that you need. You know, we play Watch Dogs in London. It just feels very kind of small because you're just bombing around London. There's no Epping Forest, which is just on the outskirts of London. They could have thrown that in where a lot of gangsters and murders happen and whatever. Um, so, you know, I think, I think San Andreas is the one. They just need to, like, make it fun. But I'm, I'm excited to see what they're doing for this new update. Hopefully 4K, you know, loads of ray tracing, loads of cool 
4K greatness. They told me the update was just going to be loads of new rules. Probably new rules, <laughs> more traffic, so you can't drive anywhere without crashing. You know, I mean, yeah, at least I, I, 60 I, requirements per thing you want to do. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's all a bit weird, but you know it's fun mm. for some for about half hour. Run upstairs. <laughs> So, you know. I am, um, yeah, I haven't played it for ages, but I had a Diamonds uh, Resort Casino penthouse. That was the last time I jumped on there, was when that launch happened. And then I got a, a nightclub and I got an underground bunker. And I saw that my money was just dwindling down and down the more I, and I was like, right, I'm going to sell my nightclub. So I'm not really using it. And you can't sell anything. No. And it's just, yeah. your, your money just disappears. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck this. That's so, the worst thing. Yeah. Like, you, you get, uh, so, you know, I had $10 million, I had money to spare. So I bought a yacht. That'd be fun, but it doesn't give you anything. It's just a yacht. You buy a facility. It doesn't do anything. There's all these things. The only thing that does stuff are bunkers, um, motorcycle clubhouses, and, and nightclub houses. They're the only things you can actually make money from. Everything else is just like superfluous crap. I don't want a facility. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. Yeah, it's a anyway, sorry, nightmare. Over. No, it's cool, man. It's having to do having to be CEO every time you do anything. It's just a pain in the ass. I completely agree. Bullshit, Mr. Sean Davies. Your game of the week. I saw you went on a bit of a download spree today. Yes, but I don't want to talk about any of those games. I played a okay. lot of games this week, <laughs> um, and most of them were bad. They're, and I've only played a, a little bit of all the good games because this week's been really busy. So the one game that I really just want to talk about is Werewolf the Apocalypse Earthblood, which <laughs> well done. Um, Thanks. It feels like both me and you were on the wrong side of history in regards to this game because. <laughs> yeah. The, the reviews came out, and I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, there's another one review out there that's an 8 out of 10. That's from the official PlayStation magazine. And everyone else is giving it like 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. There's a couple of 3s and 4s out of 10, which I think are incredibly harsh. Um, this game is is mm-hmm. much better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. And if, if you were on the fence and you cancelled your pre-order, and I would... I would I really hope they put a demo out because I think that's what this game needs. People need to, to try it um, because Thanks. it is repetitive. Um, it is, it, it does, it isn't the best looking game. Um, it is a bit, you know, it does spout a hell of a lot of lore at you very quickly without much of an explanation. But once you get into it, it's, it's really good. And I, I can tell you for sure, some of those reviews did not finish the game because they didn't mention any of the other areas in the game, which, because uh, the, the start of the game, you're in this forest, and after that, you go to a couple of different areas, which not, some of the, some reviews just did not mention. And that is when the game gets really good, because, not to spoil it, but something happens, and all the enemies become much more interesting than they previously were. So that's my game of the week, and it's just because I really feel like that game got short shrift on reviews, because I think that, I don't think people really give it enough time or attention. And I really hope that people do pick up on it because I really want a sequel. And I really want these this Dark World series to do well. You know, the Vampire uh, Masquerade Bloodlines 2 has been delayed, probably rightfully so. And I just hope that these games start to, because I'm well invested in that world now. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, give it a go if you, you haven't. What about you? What's your game of the week? Uh, well, Werewolf has been my game. If I wanted to just play for half an hour, I've jumped on that, and I like—I sort of like the repetitive nature of it because it's—I know—I sort of know what I'm getting into. <laughs> I sort of know what I'm about to do, and it's nice just to just knock out some rooms or a couple of levels, um, just very quickly. 
and it is a lot of fun. I agree, but mostly I've been playing Control. I've jumped onto the uh, the new PS5 upgrade, and I've realised that I'm still quite bad at this game. I I never completed it first time around. I, I think I put it down and just never picked it back up. But I'm I'm for some reason I'm far more invested this time, and I'm having a really good time with it. It's such a mystery. Everything about it is so well constructed and I'm still you know I still don't really know what's going on I didn't really garner kind of any answers to in my first playthrough I don't think I really got that far but I'm having a great time with it now and the 60 frames is very very shiny uh, it's I have become one of those wanker people that won't now play it on 30 frames because the difference is just it's just too much um, I was saw the ray tracing and it looks very very pretty but unfortunately you, you kind of can't have both you gotta have the option um i don't know how in something i pulled that off with Miles morales but control doesn't have the option you have 60 frames or ray tracing and so i've gone with the, with the higher frame rate so i'm having a great time with control and yeah like greg i've jumped back into the last of us part two um there's no ps5 upgrade for it yet but it still looks shiny as hell um i don't i'm not entirely i think greg kind of inspired me to jump back into it because i i did want to play it again and uh yeah, I'm having just as great as the time as I was before. It's still mesmerizingly gorgeous, and the story is still fantastic. I still, so yeah. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's just a case of running back through it again, and so I'm having a great time with New Game Plus. Having kind of everything there for me straight away is uh, is a uh, is a nice bonus, and uh, I'm very happy that I remembered to put the original save up in the cloud, so I could just download it straight onto the PS5. So. Having a great time with that. And uh, yeah, I've had a quick blast on Destruction All-Stars on the day it went up. Uh, it's fine. I haven't played it since. I had about an hour or so on it. I was like, okay, I know what this is. And uh, yeah, haven't been back on it since. So I don't think I'm going to stick around with that one. I think it'll be more fun to play with other people. I don't think it's that much fun as a solo game. Let's play together. Okay. <laughs> I don't, same, same, I had about half an hour to an hour on it. I didn't really, didn't really click with it. It seems a bit meh. I, I love this game and I'm going to try and review it because people are, again, people are giving it fucking four and five out of ten. What? I mean, there's not a lot to it, is there? What? It is, is. Yeah, but there wasn't it, a lot to Rocket League, was there? They've made an apps, they've made the right choice making it a PS Plus game. There was no way that was going to sell at 70 quid. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, the, the price was insane, but I mean, to say there's not a lot there, there are there are some brilliant game modes and enough tracks, and the powers make completely change the way that you play. So, yeah, but it's also it's nothing. It's nothing like Rocket League. I mean, Rocket League was, you know, very easy to pick up and very difficult to master, and the concept was compelling enough to want to try again, again, and again. This is it's just this is just it feels just too much all at once, and it doesn't feel like you can jump on it easily. You know, and I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of it yet. But like I said, if we could play it together, we'll probably have a laugh. So I think that's yes. where the fun is, to be honest. Uh, right then, it's time for it's time for the quiz. Quiz, cool. quiz time. Sean has been uh, she's, you've been bigging this one up this week, so I'm uh, ter- just, just terrified and excited. There, there are a few questions that have, have literally had me in stitches as I was write, writing them. So, oh, Lord. This should be fun. Okay, so if you've never done this before, I'm going to ask 10 questions. These guys are going to write down the answers. Towards the end of the podcast, we'll get the answers and we'll find out who won. Let's crack on. So, question one. In which first-person shooter would you find the weapons the Cougar Magnum, 
the Gold PP7 and the Moonraker Laser. So question one, in which first person shooter would you find the weapons, the Cougar Magnum, the Gold PP7 and the Moonraker Laser? How topical. I thought so. Okay, question two. In 1993, the Battletoads featured in a crossover beat-em-up game developed by Rare. Which other game series was featured in the title? Question two. In 1993, the Battletoads featured in a crossover beat-em-up game by Rare. Which other game series was featured in the title? Okay, question three. Name one of the two partners in crime that helped Sly Raccoon in the titular game characters games. Oh, bollocks. Question three. Name one of the two partners in crime that helped Sly, Sly Cooper in the titular characters games. I said titular twice. I'm so happy with myself. Wee. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, question four. Which of these games doesn't exist? Tongue of the Fat Man, Touch Dick, Nubbing the Gnome, Fisting Simulator, or How to Be a Complete Bastard? Hmm? If, I think if you want to Google those, you're going to get... Yeah, <laughs> be careful. So question four, which of these games doesn't exist? Tongue of the Fat Man, Touch Dick, Nobbing the Gnome, Fisting Simulator, or How to Be a Complete Bastard? <laughs> question five, uh, what is the name of the last game to release in the Legacy of Game video game series? Ah. Is this a trick question? Nope. Um. Question five. What is the name of the last game to release in the Legacy of Kane video game series? Hmm. I mean, that was a multiplayer game, but does that count? Yeah, well, I didn't want to say that and give it away. I don't know if it gives it away. I'm not saying the title. No, but it could have jogged the memory of the other, the, the other guys in the quiz. May not have. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, don't, well, don't. Put it down or not, though. Mm. Mm, that'll be interesting, won't it? Anyway. So what's the question again, please? <laughs> We've had it twice. No, no, I just want to make sure I'm getting the wording correctly. Go on. Go on yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, question five. What is the name of the last game to release in the Legacy of Kane video game series? Okay. okay, question six. Which game released first? Was it Second Sight or PsyOps The Mind Geek Conspiracy? Oh, this is such a bone of contention for me. I'm not asking which is better, Greg. I'm asking. No, which no, no. I, I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer because it annoys me. 
Question six, which game released first, second side, or PSYOPs, the MindGate Conspiracy? Okay, question seven. What was the first video game ever to be played in space? Are we not in space? No, we're on Earth. Well, Earth is in space. <laughs> I like your I like your style there, man. <laughs> I can tell Roscoe's not going to this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. What was the first video game ever to be played in space? Okay, uh, question eight. How many fret buttons are there on the guitar controller in the original Guitar Hero? Question eight. How many fret buttons are there on the guitar controller in the original Guitar Hero? Okay, question nine. Which 2014 game follows the story of Rifleman Jack Cooper and a mech called BT-7274? Question nine. Which 2014 game follows the story of Rifleman Jack Cooper and a mech called BT-7274? Put some respect on his name bloody game industry and finally question 10 without googling what color are crash bandicoot's eyes question 10 without googling what color are crash bandicoot's eyes And that was all 10 questions. I want to play Fisting Simulator. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I want to play a multiplayer. Wait, what? Did I, was I unmuted then? Oh. <laughs> the multiplayer version is insane. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the weird like controller that comes with it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Sean. Pleasure as always. Uh, right, let's get into both barrels. This one's very quick because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. But there's a few little tidbits of news that I want to just very quickly get into the podcast. So kick back, relax, and enjoy both barrels. Ubisoft have announced a second delay for its Prince of Persia The Sands of Time remake, which had already seen its release date shifted from January 2021 to the 18th of March in a decision made late last year. It's now due to arrive on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC at an unspecified later date. In a newly released statement posted to Twitter, Ubisoft wrote, since announcing Prince of Persia to Sands of Time remake in September, we saw an outpouring of feedback from you on this beloved franchise. It is your passion and support that is driving our development teams to make the best game possible. With that in mind, a decision has been made to push the game's 18th of March launch back to a later date. And the publisher says it will be using additional development time to, to deliver a remake that feels fresh while remaining faithful to the original. Sorry about this one, do you want to feel old? Street Fighter 2 turned 30 years old this weekend. The legendary fighting game launched in Japanese arcades on the 6th of February 1991, according to a tweet from Capcom. Street Fighter 2, which established and popularized the fighting game genre, is considered one of the greatest video games of all time, 
The Super Famicom, or the SNES version of the game, was debuted in 1992 and became a mega hit that sold 6.3 million units worldwide. And finally, Borderlands developer Gearbox has become the latest studio to be bought by Embracer, the enormous umbrella company which in turn owns THQ Nordic, Cock Media, and Saber Interactive. Gearbox owns the rights to the Borderlands franchise, so expect more of that. The studio also owns Brother in Arms and Homeworld. The $363 million deal includes six-year performances targets for further compensation up to $1.3 billion in total. 2K, 2K will continue to publish unannounced but inevitable future entries in Gearbox's Borderlands series, though, even though the developer is now part of Embracer. Quote, as the proud publisher of the Borderlands franchise, we are happy for our partners at Gearbox and this exciting new chapter for their organization, the company said. The merger does not change 2K's relationship with Gearbox, nor our role as the publisher for the Borderlands IP or any other projects we are currently working on with the studio. We look forward to continuing our long-term partnership with this incredibly talented team and to delivering many more exciting entertainment experiences to gaming fans around the world. And that, my friends, was a very quick both barrels. So, Sean, why have they bought Gearbox if Borderlands isn't coming with them? They obviously have ideas for another IP. Uh, Gearbox have got quite a lot, a massive number of staff. And also they'll get the... They'll basically get paid whatever money Gearbox get paid for Borderlands. So, and th- there's a weird, weird thing with uh, studios right now. There's lots and lots of mid-tier tier studios being picked up by either Big Ben or by Embracer or Tencent. So, basically, everybody's got to be owned by somebody. That's the mm. that's the rule now. You're not allowed to have <laughs> to be independent anymore. Sure. Okay. Cool, man. Street Fighter Two, thirty years old. I remember getting that for Christmas when I was eight. Woo! Crazy. That was a good time, that was. When the SNES version came out, I was just like, so good, wasn't it? Incredible. Man, I had the Mega Drive version, and it was uh, it was like the best Christmas ever when that thing finally... Well, I finally had it. It was fantastic. You had the special... Weirdly enough, my, controls, didn't you, as well? my, yeah. um, my Street Fighter obsession really kicked off with Street Fighter 4, but Street Fighter 2 really sort of paved the way for that. Absolutely. And I've still never played Street Fighter, the original, to this day. Oh, it's not very good. Yeah. If you can play it in the arcade with the with the pressure sensitive pads, that was fine. Yeah, go back in time. Yeah, I'll, I'll do you, my best to find that, Paul. You can get it. <laughs> you you can get it on that thirtieth anniversary collection. Oh yeah, I keep buying that up, but the price. Yeah, is same. Like keep, it was like twelve pound, and I was like, yeah, I got no one to play it with. You could get no. it on a main emulator. That's how Which, I played. We don't support yeah. emulation, Toby. We like buying imagine? our games. Yeah. Anyone played the spin-off Human Killing Machine? No. Uh, huh? I've got Thrill Kill on the PS1. It's not Human Kill Machine, is it? Okay, so let's get into our main topic. <laughs> uh, our first, first of three main topics. And uh, Stadia have shut down all of their game studios, which uh, is kind of weird. Um, I'm going to read from The Verge. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from uh, Shane Gartenberg, is that, is that their name? Uh, forgive me if I'm... Shane Bright, like a Gartenberg... Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you've uh, been you've been sitting on that since he announced it, haven't you? <laughs> no, 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 that was too shit for that. It came right from the top of my head just then. Just like you're right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, <laughs> let's get into this. The Verge writes, Google is shutting down its internal Stadia game development division, the company have announced today, as it refocuses Stadia to be a home for streaming games from existing developers instead of developing its own games for the service. Quote, creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and the cost is going up exponentially, read the blog post from Phil Harrison. 
a vice president at Google and general manager for Stadia. Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia, as well as deepening our business partnerships, we've decided that we will not be investing further in bringing exclusive content from our internal development team, SG&D, beyond any near-planned games. As part of that change, the company is shutting down both of its Los Angeles and Montreal game studios, both of which existed under the Stadia Games Entertainment banner. Google said that most of the team will be moving on to new roles, but Jade Raymond, the Ubisoft and EA industry veteran that led the Stadia Studio teams, will be departing the company entirely. In a statement, Raymond commented that I am proud of the team that we built at Stadia Games Entertainment and the groundbreaking work on exclusive games for the platform. It was a difficult decision. It was a difficult decision to take on a new opportunity, and I will be forever grateful to this team for everything we have learned and achieved together. Huh, well, there you go. So Stadia is going in a very different direction, um, not producing exclusive games, something they promised from the very beginning. Um, I'll throw this one to uh, Mr. Sean Davies. What do you think about this one? That is, that is Stadia dead. It's such a weird timing as well, because like, they came out of the cyberpunk thing looking pretty good. Um, yes. Stadia suddenly stock went up a little bit, but now it's gone right, right back down again. I, I imagine the investment that they made um, to get cyberpunk looking the best of, of the versions of Cyberpunk was nowhere near the amount of return that they got for sales. And I, I get the feeling that Google have realized very quickly that they do not have in, you, you can't just throw together a award-winning AAA studio d- despite spending, chucking all of this money at it. You, you can't just do that. These things have got to be organic. And they've realized pretty quickly the stuff that they've got in the pipeline was not going to save Stadia. And they've chucked an, an enormous amount of money at getting exclusivity for games, like uh, Lost Page, um, this Boinkies thing, this you know, like, like game that looks like you're playing as Pops and stuff. They've, they've signed so many deals for exclusivity, the same as Apple did with Apple, the Apple Arcade, only the Apple Arcade has taken off, the Google Stadia is not. And... I think they've kind of realized pretty quickly that their expenditure is, is going to outweigh their, um, their profit very soon. And they've decided to call it a day. And despite the fact that this isn't them saying we're shutting the service down, they might as well have done because everybody in the industry is taking it that way, which is sad, you know? Yeah, it is because, you know, of all the, everyone that's tried Stadia, at least in my circle of friends like yourself and Paul, you know, the stadium is pretty good. Yeah. It's not and the it, worst at all. What, what's really sad is the fact that Google, Google have got money to be able to make incredible games um, and offer them on a service which was incredibly accessible to a lot of people. Surprisingly so. Do you know, I think everyone who's on this podcast that tried Stadia has been like, that is 100% better than I thought it was going to be. Yep. And... It's a shame uh, that the service is going away, but let's be honest, they tried to run before they they could walk. So this was kind of the writing on the wall that we all kind of called six months ago. And we could probably link to the podcast where we said, Stadia won't last. Um, And this (laughs) this is it. We can go back to our very first episode where we talked Stadia. Uh, Before it was even called Stadia, we were just talking about rumors and stuff that Google were making a console. And we're like, mm, it might be interesting. We'll see what happens. And now looks like it's going away 94 episodes later. 
Damn. Damn. Uh, Paul, you, you play Stadia. You like Stadia. Um, with like its lack of exclusives, even though there's not really that many right now, but there, there was going to be some moving forward. Uh, are you going to jump back into it now you've got your, uh, your shiny PS5? Or do you think that's time up for your time with Stadia? Um, this is the thing that gets me. Um, I, when, I, when I got the stage, I got the stage here with obviously Cyberpunk uh, and the controller, and I really enjoyed it. I was playing it on my TV, and I was playing it on my phone, on my tablet, all over the place. Um, the only drawback I had at the time was um, you couldn't use it on any Apple devices. You had to have an Android tablet or phone to play it on the mobile. But since then, um, you can now play Stadia via Safari. So it's now available on iPad and iPhones and everything else. Um, and that was great. And so again, I was you know, having fun playing it. But then I got my PS5 and uh, they do the uh, remote play, don't they? So you know, they've got a special app for it. So I tried out the remote play, which I, from experience on the PS4, wasn't great. I tried it on the Vita as well, and it just wasn't, just wasn't great. But on the PS5, the remote play works really, really well. So I was at my parents the other day, and I thought, oh, is it boring chat about, I don't know, COVID probably. So I thought I'd just jump on, uh, play a bit of PlayStation. So it worked, it was great. I thought, I don't really need to use Stadia anymore, because I can get on my remote play, etc. Uh, on the PlayStation, especially now that I have this, I have this kind of bracket that I've got with an old Xperia phone, specifically for streaming. That's, you know, Xperia phone's gone now, but I kept the bracket, so I can use that with my uh, DualShock 4, stick it on the back of my old uh, phone or whatever, and it's all good. So I've got a proper controller, and it's all, uh, away we go. Um, I don't understand, I mean, Stadia, I don't get it. I mean, they said they, said they was going to offer their, their technology to other companies and even then i still don't understand where their target audience is um you know i think xbox um microsoft they've got their streaming thing pretty much now down xcloud um maybe sony but then sony spent like a ton of money on another company called was it gay kai 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 or something like that which is now okay. playstation plus or playstation now sorry um i can't unless you know ea's got their own streaming service ubisoft have um, so I don't know where that technology is going to go. So, you know, essentially, like Sean just said, it's dead. I probably have no more reason to go into Stadium there. There's no exclusives. Everything I can get, I can get on PlayStation, probably a little bit cheaper as well. And the trouble is that that pro subscription service, which was £8 or something a month, offered you nothing really. Um, a few games, um, uh, discounted price. I mean, you know, I got Watch Dogs for a fiver in the end, which is not bad. Um, but, you know, it's just, it was just, it was, on a, it was on a hiding for nothing, really. Um, trying to bring out a new console, for example, you know, it's going to be hard work. I think they just didn't expect it to be as hard work as they as it turned out to be. And um, it's a shame because it was a good service. But, you know, when you think about you've got the Xboxes and the Playstations, uh, you know, Game Pass, xCloud, where does the stage just sit? Does anyone actually really need it? Um, so no surprise, but it is a shame. To be fair. Yeah, I mean the exclusives it did have. There was one called Guilt, uh, which ended up being on the Pro service, and it was pretty good. I haven't seen it anywhere else yet. I'm sure now that they're kicking the bucket, they are going to move some of the exclusives over. I think Lost Words Beyond the Page is coming to consoles as well and PC. And I think there was a Steam demo for it this week. So you you see kind of their their exclusive they have now slowly moving over. Yeah. 
But, you know, they're still, it's like, it's £75 to download the uh, Division 2. Oh, no. And it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> Obviously, you're not downloading it. It just kind of kicks up straight away, which is one of Stadia's advantages. But, you know, I'm not going to pay that to play the Division 2 again. No, not and, you know, the, the prices are, are still insane. It's £60 to you know, play Valhalla. And it's just, it's not going to be as good as, you know, a, a straight 4K download that's on my PS5, unfortunately. The one, the one, the one real thing that actually kind of made me think this could be a game changer is when I purchased Cyberpunk at work. And I, at the time, I was hearing messages from you guys saying, I've got down this patch, it's an X gigabyte download, etc., etc." So I went, I went home and turned it on and played it. It was great. No patches, no downloads. You know, in, yeah. that, kind of, in that respect, it's just incredible. But, you know... No, yeah, I mean, it does have its benefits. There are features of it that do work well. But, you know, it's just, it's not catching the interest of people. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, I think that's the biggest problem. Uh, Toes, have you got any thoughts on this? The, the only real selling point I can see now is kind of close to what you're just saying, which is that you don't actually have to buy a console or a gaming PC, you know, a big rig to play all these things on. So mm. each of the examples you guys are giving is, well, I could just play it on my PS5. Well, yeah, that's good if you've got a PS5, but lots of people don't have one yet. So Stadia was, in, was interesting in the market because it was one where you didn't have to have hardware, you know? That's, that's the beauty of the streaming service. So you could play Cyberpunk or whatever, and you get the absolute best version, and you get it, you know, without having to have an upfront purchase of like, you know, 400 quid's worth of hardware um, at a minimum. But, you, I mean, you had the controller, but, you know, that's about it. The, um, the rest of it, I, I mean, apart from that selling point now, if they don't have exclusives and they don't have, you know, they've just got all the same games as everywhere else, that's really the only thing I can see that, that keeps it going. If, if you don't have the money to upfront buy a console, you could go with Stadia. But it's going to be slowly dying. I, I, I agree you know, wholeheartedly with what you guys are saying. I don't think it will die immediately, but it's, it, that's its death nail for sure. It, it's, it's going to slowly fade away. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that's a, it's, it, it's a shame because there is something there, but they just, they just haven't capitalized on it. And, you know, they clearly have lost faith in something because shutting down their studios is a big move. I think Sean's probably right that they, they took a look at what they were able to offer, you know, in the, over the course of the next year or so in terms of their own you know, triple A games and they just weren't good enough. They just weren't things that people were going to give a crap about. They probably had some focus groups go, Oh, is that it? I don't, I don't care. I don't want to play this, you know? And, and that was it. It's like, well, that's the we thing. Can't, you can't really carry on with this one. We didn't even know what they were working on. No, it could have been, we'll, we'll know in like 10 years time when there's some leak. Yeah. It could have been like triple A masterpiece. Who knows? But they, they've gone. Nope. Not anymore. It's well, probably Star Wars 13, 13, and, yeah. and I'll never know about it. Like I say. Oh, Amy Hennig. You'll get a game out soon enough, don't worry. Um, Greg, have you got any thoughts on Stadia? I know it doesn't interest you at all, but as a, as a consumer, does anything about Stadia really kind of jump out at you? Now you've got a, now you've got a shiny internet connection. Not really, no. No, I wasn't that big on it in the first place, and kudos to anyone that enjoyed it, but nah. I never had any interest in it. Streaming games on various little handheld devices. Just, I mean, it was cool when I tried it with the xCloud and stuff, but no, mm. just for jump in and go, hey! And like Sean said, running before they can walk. And I, just, I just thought it was doomed to fail from the start. It was that arrogance of Google. You know, like, yeah, we can do it, and we can get all these studio heads in, and we can charge you 80 quid a game. And it's like, 
No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm not happy to see it fall, but at the same time, I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. Right then, let's move on to a very strange story that has got the uh, industry a little bit up in arms this week. Um, Warner Brothers Games have successfully patented Shadow of Mordor's Nemesis system. I'm reading from Kotaki, Mr. Zach Swayson. Uh, he writes, After trying multiple times since 2015, WB Games have successfully secured a patent on the Nemesis system featured in Shadow of Mordor and its sequel, Shadow of War. The patent goes into effect later this month. As reported by IGN on February 3rd, the US Patent and Trademark Office released an issue notice confirming that W Games patent on the system will be approved and will become effective officially on February 23rd, 2021. The Nemesis system first appeared in 2014's open world Stabathon Shadow of Mordor and will be expanded upon greatly in 2017's sequel Shadow of War. The Nemesis system uses randomly generated orcs to populate the world. Players then attack these orcs, sometimes killing them, taking control of them, or even losing to them, or even losing to them. Cut out. As these events happen, the orcs will react, becoming more powerful, gaining new abilities, and directly referencing past experiences with the player. It's a cool system, and soon only one publisher, WB Games, still have the ability to use it. Now then, does this set a bit of a dangerous precedent? And is this really what developers should be doing? Um, I think it's fucking bullshit, is what it is. <laughs> tell me why, Greg. Tell me why. Well, I think. Right. Remember when Batman came out and uh, Arkham Asylum? Arkham, sorry, Batman. When Batman Arkham Asylum came out and the combat was revolutionary, and then every game had it in it, and it was known as the Batman combat system. Now, prior to that, like the Assassin's Creed one was just block, 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 and attack, and then they they used it for Black Flag, and I think they might have been Assassin's Creed Three. Sleeping Dogs had it, and Drumroll, funny enough, what had it in it? Shadow Immortal. So I think it's hypocritical and fucking insulting that they're quite happy to gleam systems from other games. And all right, the open world thing, I mean, how far do you want to stretch this tenet of borrowing other elements, blah, 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 strongholds, that kind of thing. But that was the Batman combat system done really well. So it's a bit insulting to quite liberally use another system that Rocksteady could have copyrighted that. They didn't. They could have patented that, and it didn't. And, you know, mm. imitation is in serious form of flattery and all that. A lot of games use it to good effect, to the point where it became the Batman combat system. Nemesis system is very cool. I don't know what other game could implement it. Maybe something like Mafia, GTA, you know, you shoot a monster in the leg and he runs off and he comes back and he remembers you. There are various applications for it, but for... But for them to be dicks and just and hold that thing and go, well, if you want to use a similar system, you've got to pay us for it now. It's just fucking greedy. It, it's just so like, not, oh, we paved the way for this. It's we've paved the way and you're going to pay us for using the road. It's, it's a tax system for coming up with a cool system and going, yeah, we're going we're gonna to copyright that so no one else can use it without giving us a fee. Yeah. It's bullshit. Yeah, a lot of developers have come out and uh, kind of spoken against it. Yeah, because it's bullshit. Including kind of Mike Bithell and, uh, and the like. Um, Sean, I know you were steaming over this. Do you want to unleash? Um, I was, and then I did a bit more reading. It, okay. is, it, it is fucking awesome what they've just done. Yeah, what, what they've done is exactly what Greg has just said. They've taken something which wasn't really that original in the first place. You know, it wasn't the first game to have 
persistent enemies remember you because Assassin's Creed did it, you know, before. Um, but they did it in a way that had a system name and stuff. And they it is it is arse what they've done. But they've been so specific with what they've trademarked that it's actually reasonably easy to get around. The problem is that Warner Brothers will then fucking litigate people anyway. And that's the fucking problem with this. They game mechanics should not be able to be um trademarked. It shouldn't it shouldn't happen. This shouldn't be a thing that happens because imagine if somebody had like trademarked health bars or jumping in a video game. There there would never be another fucking video game. People have always taken what's come before them and iterated on a on on it to to build something new. You know, everyone's standing on the shoulders of Pong at, the, at this present moment, and it's like this is a shitty thing to do. Anybody could develop a similar system that doesn't break the patent, doesn't go against the trademark, but if it's too similar, even if even if the the court case would fail, Warner Brothers are now going to start to sue the same way that Nintendo fucking sues everybody who does anything related to Nintendo. This 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 is a fucking dangerous precedent, and this should absolutely not happen. I just hope that that Warner Brothers have seen this, that the kind of the reaction to this online, and wouldn't litigate all of these people into a, you know, in the next Assassin's Creed, if they have procedurally generated enemies that remember you, yeah, but they don't come after you, and like like you know Templars come after you or whatever. And it's it's different enough that it doesn't break the trademark, but it's similar enough that it's so that somebody could confuse it for that. Then they're gonna fucking sue, and that's the worst thing, because the the system wasn't that fucking original in the first place, <laughs> and that's the problem, because lots of yeah. people use these systems like that, and it's asked what they're doing. I just hope they realise that people are not going to want to play. <laughs> I mean, people are already pissed at Warner Brothers as it is. Um, <laughs> but people aren't going to want to play a game that's kind of like the only game with Nemesis in it because it really wasn't, I mean it was cool, but it really wasn't that original in the first place so hmm. yeah, I mean there's I don't think anyone's happy about this except for WB I think the industry have kind of like collectively come together and um, and kind of put their stamp on the fact that it's not a good idea and it sets, you know, it's like Ubisoft trademarking towers yeah, you imagine it. <laughs> so we're the only ones that can do towers now. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's really really strange, and I hope it worries uh, worries me a little that uh, this will be the start of something. If it's like, oh, but well, they can get away with it, then maybe we can get away with this. Uh, Toby, you got any thoughts on this? Um, just I was just thinking. You guys have probably said everything, but I was thinking that what, what kind of genres would it fit in that could use it? So I was thinking that um, Souls-likes and Rogue-likes um, would actually be a quite a good place for this. You know, they, um, you'd have a lot of enemies where you are going to die against these enemies a lot of times. You know, you can build up a good relationship, you know, like a good revenge um, relationship with particular bosses that have beaten you a number of times, you know, they could get stronger, all that kind of stuff. I just feel like it would fit quite well in a Souls-like. Um, and the same with Roguelikes, you know, because it's procedural um, level code and things as well. So that kind of dying repeatedly, being part of the law in the game, where 
the same sort of thing happens with orcs and stuff. It, it wasn't completely outside the realms of possibility that these things were, you know, when they beat you, they got stronger and they came back and such. And they could be reborn, like, you know, from uh, from what was, you know, the, the Mordor sort of orc breeding farms and things. Um, but it, I don't think it works very well in something that's like human based or, or real world um, because it just sort of breaks the illusion. It breaks the, the fourth wall to a certain extent. Um, which is why it probably works pretty well in, you know, quite fantasy laden things like roguelikes and, and souls likes with that sort of death mechanic um, around them. But that said, it's never going to be there, is it? Because <laughs> they've patented it and, and that is, uh, that's pretty much the end of that. No one's going to want to bother yeah. with it um, because they're not going to want to bother with getting sued over stuff. I totally agree with, you know, everything that's been said about it, it shouldn't be possible really to, to patent a game mechanic. Um, but yeah, hopefully people will find, you know, interesting ways around it where they can do something um interesting and similar um, but at the same yeah. time you know who, who needs it in a certain way it, 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 there's not there's, there's not all that many applications for the nemesis system um i can see them probably bringing it into batman or something something else that warner brothers owns or, or, ca or can do games in um but um yeah outside of lord of the rings <laughs> I, I kind of what's the point of patenting it really yeah. i don't really see it appearing in the lego games anytime soon no no. <laughs> no, exactly. It's 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 an odd thing to sort of go to all this effort to patent. Um, we've we've had what six years of it of being around. Have have has no one used it because it's going through the process of being patented, or has no one used it because they don't want to use it? I mean, I don't think I can't think of a game other than the Middle Earth games that have implemented something like that. I think um, you know. There was rumors, I remember reading it this week or last week, that Rockstar were looking to implement a similar thing in the next GTA. The fact that you could like maybe like shoot a civilian and then disappear and then hours later come back and they remember who you are. And so they react in a certain way. Um, I mean, that's... I suppose it works if they don't die in things. But yeah. as I say, if, if, if it's real life and people die, then it just sort of breaks the illusion. The problem is that if they are taking it vaguely, just imagine this, that you, you are playing an open-world driving game like uh, like Drive Ultimate or the, the Need for Speed game where you can start a race on whatever street you want and point to another street and those cars are procedurally generated. If you wanted to have those cars remember you and have like a rival system, which exists in most of these racing games with like open worlds and, and tracks, then that would start to infringe upon this copyright because you've got procedurally generated foes and that they remember your past experiences with them. You know, they, they, it, the problem is that Warner Brother need to be really fucking hot on with not overstepping the mark here because there are a ton of things that, that are like this and it would be shitty if they were to, to litigate around them because you know a souls it's a, to put in like a souls born for example if they don't procedurally generate the enemies they'll be fine but that becomes massively labor intensive um so it, you know it's that that's the problem whereas you know if you just design an enemy and that enemy remembers you then that's fine but you enter a, an element of procedural generation they can fucking sue you and that's that's terrible like, how are you just stopping an entire industry from doing this particular thing? Yeah, I mean, it's a it is a a very weird and worrying move by WB Games, and 
it's got to hope that you know people can kind of look at it and kind of adapt it in different ways maybe it's a, a blessing in disguise maybe it will encourage developers to be a bit more creative by trying to get around it rather than kind of like just going for it outright so yeah it's it's a very strange thing and i think we're only just seeing the beginning of the fallout i think i think the story is quite over yet uh sorry paul did you have any thoughts on this um well i've not played any of the shadow mordor game things so i don't know how, how it worked whatever um it's not a good precedent um but i will say that i don't think this is the first time it's happened because rumor has it that sega back at sega back in sega. the day um patented the three buttons to change the view on the arcade machines so um i don't know where that went because it was on all machines but that's what happened apparently so but yeah. Yeah. there you go a bit of history for you Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it's been a long time since then, I, then, I suppose. And uh, who knows what's going to happen next. Very interesting. We shall keep an eye on it. Uh, right then, our final topic of the week. Games Masters coming back. Channel 4 is planning to reboot the Games Master TV show. Now, a bit, a bit more lighter. I thought this might be a fun topic uh, to discuss a kind of uh, TV, TV and video games and how they haven't ever really mixed all that well since the last Games Master, but there is a new one coming. Um, I'm going to read from VGC. Uh, the mighty Mr. Andy Robinson writes, UK broadcaster Channel 4 is planning to reboot classic games television program Games Master. It's told potential advertising partners. Channel 4 says it will revive the iconic British show as a social first program this year, with content to appear on its E4 channel, YouTube, and social media platforms. Games Master aired on the channel between 1992 to 1998, and was the first British TV show dedicated to video games. Hosted by Dominic Diamond, with the late Sir Patrick Moore appearing in the role as the titular Games Master, the program was comprised of game reviews and challenges as players competed for a Games Master Golden Joystick trophy. The new show will see five celebrities compete across three television episodes, with one being crowned the Games Master Champion. Quote, They'll undergo challenges, races and fights in virtual battles across all genres of gaming under the watchful eye of the all-knowing Games Master, Channel 4 says in a pitch to advertisers. Each week, at least one celeb will be eliminated over the three episodes. Five will become one, and the winner will be crowned. They'll play each other at everything from iconic classics to brand new releases. We'll also be serving tons of extra gaming-themed content to our audiences to keep them coming back for more. An image hosted on Channel 4's website for Games Master features Hollywood actor Patrick Stewart, but there's no confirmation or mention of him in the ads pitch. So, Games Master's coming back. I'm going to start with Paul on this one. How do you feel? about a new potential Games Master, and who would you want as the Games Master? I don't think I want a Games Master, if I'm honest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean back, back in the day when it first came out, um, it was great. It was, it was a way um, for people of my sort of age, like, which is kids, to actually get to see games in the mainstream, because before, all we were used to was uh, pictures and magazines. Now, to see... Uh, you know, these games in, in motion, you know, unbelievable. Like, we first saw Mario 64 Games Master, it blew my mind. Um, but in, in terms of a format, I didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy it. I didn't enjoy, like, the Games Master, these little kids going, oh, Games Master, I can't get past this level, or whatever. And, uh, you know, Dominic Diamond's a bit of a bit of a div, let's be honest. Um, but there's another, there's, I, I would prefer there's another games uh, TV thing come out called Bad Attitude, which was hosted by Andy Crane and Violet Berlin. Now, I thought it was better because it covered games, it also covered computers and technology and the general things that happened around the gaming. And um, I preferred that because I found it much more interesting. Um, if they bring uh, Games Master back, 
it's going to be celebrities. It's going to be like, oh, you know, pizzazz and shit. It's not really going to be about the games. It's going to be more about the celebrities. And I think Dara Bryan, or however we pronounce it, he had the 8-bit, didn't he? Is that right? 8-bit. Uh, Dara Breen had a show called Go 8-bit on Dave, yeah, for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, which is pretty much what they're touting to advertisers here, aren't they? Celebrities come on, play games, etc. So um, I, d- I don't think it's needed. Um, you know, if worst case scenario, it probably focus more on esports because that's obviously a big thing now. Um, but in terms of a, a sort of, you know, a, I can't think of the word, but a factual program about video games, which is showing the latest gaming, you know, uh, advances and graphics, whatever it is, uh, if I'm doing it, it's all about celebrities. I just don't think we're going to need it. You know, mm. plus of course we've got YouTube now and everything else. So. I'm not quite sure where to go with it, but um, I, I wish the magazine had come back, though. That was great. But, yeah. yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Toby, have you got any fond memories of Games Master? And would you like to see another kind of video games jumping back into TV after all this time? Um, so I didn't get into it very much when it was first on um, during you know the 92 to 98 period. I didn't really have a Mega Drive and you know the the, uh, the earlier sort of 30... Um, well, 16-bit consoles. Um, I only got into it when it was PlayStation. That was, you know, only the last couple of years of Games Master. So I was aware of it, but I wasn't really an avid watcher. Um, You know, I watched a little bit of it. The the games that they generally would come on and go, um, oh, you know, Games Master, I'm stuck on this bit. There were games I was like, what on earth is that? Never (laughs) never heard of this thing. Um, And they were often very obscure um, titles for me at the time because I was, you know, brand new, newbie to to gaming at the time. so in terms of going forward and you know what what a game show needs to be on tv these days i think it needs to be a very different format to what games master was back in the day because you know get, getting a bunch of kids on to play games and being crowned you know the the king of the you know winning the trophy that's that's not going to go down with anyone no one's going to give a shit to watch that um reviews of of you know current games unless they get someone you know a big personality or someone who they who they who actually we you know we want to watch um that's not going to be worth having either i can get that on google i can get that from whoever you know i can get that from finger guns if i if i want reviews that's where i'll go um and if and the last bit was you know bits about asking games master you know what how to how to do bits of obscure um you know or find secret rooms in sonic or whatever things like that again that is the kind of thing we have Google for. That is literally, <laughs> it must have been one of the main things that drove, you know, searches for, for all the last 20 years, um, you know, to trying to get past all those kind of things. So the idea of a bunch of kids coming on and asking Patrick Stewart how to, you know, how to get past a particular bit of a game, it seems a little bit ridiculous. Um, so I think they're going to need to change that format up, like, completely. If you're going with a modern TV format, then... And it's Channel 4. I, I imagine it will be something like the Great British Bake Off or the Great British Throw- Pottery Throwdown or this, that, and the other cookery show with celebrities. Whatever that format is, it will be something along those lines. I'll get some comedians in to host it. There'll be a little tournament, you know, week after week after week. You rat- you're rattled down to a few people. And that's, you know, that's, that's the format that kind of is working these days. Um, where you fit into that, you know, like you'd have to try and fit in something like a sort of BBC click tech news or games reviews news or something like that. A bit, little, little bit like we just did with both barrels. You know, you'd need something like that in the middle to break it up. I just, the formats, the old format just doesn't seem to work um, in, in the modern day. 
Um, I agree with Paul that it will probably be esports heavy. So there will probably be parts of it where they go and they, you know they follow a particular esports team or they pit a couple of esports teams together um, and you know film a match or a battle or something. Um, that 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 could be interesting for the right audience, but I'm not sure I'm the right audience. Um, and I quite liked um, Go Eight Bit, but it never really went far enough. It was it was just another excuse to have the same you know mock the week comedians come on and talk shit about stuff for a while, um, which is what most of the stuff on Dave is really an excuse to do. Um, so you know that that's fine, but it only goes so far. Um, the, the game show that I've actually watched the most in the last decade or two decades um was actually up at noon and i know we have a love-hate relationship with the, the guys who make that but i when i when i was quite new to ign and quite new to that whole thing up at noon was fun and i quite liked the format of that of that show it was it was very much you know it just had the right things in it at the right time and it and it died it, you know it hasn't it hasn't got the numbers it has, or if, it, if it's still being made now, and I'm, I'm not even sure if it is. But if it's if it is, it's not got the numbers it had when it first started. It had a season or two when they were running it as a online show, um, and they were and they were fun for a little while. But yeah, that's probably my thoughts on it. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit um, sort of garbled there, but it's it seems a difficult sell um, to a certain extent. And considering how big games are, you know, why is it so hard to make a decent tv show about them I, I i really don't know and i'm not a you know tv producer so um mm. i'm not the kind of person who comes up with the great ideas for what these formats will be and i hope they do because i want yeah. i'd love to have a games tv show that i could be um excited to watch yeah that really is the question is that why hasn't there been one why why did i always not quite get it right but yeah i love i know what you said about great but i enjoyed great bit as well it was fun yeah it was all right but, yeah, Dave is just a hive for comedians to go and make some quick, make, make some quick dollar. Really, more than anything else, they must be so thankful for Dave because they just, they just that's all, all, all they do is appear on there for a week and then just get a paycheck and disappear and just come back next week. Absolutely. Think, uh, in answer to your question about why it's hard to make a game show, is because it's by the time it gets made, edited, and produced, and that it's not new, is it? I mean, the thing with like Games Master and movies. Do you remember movies, games, videos? Yes, I do. Yeah. Amazing. Um, by the time they come out, like, because that was our only real source of like, oh my God, I had this to look forward to. And uh, like when Live and Kicking used to play like, those awful phone in Hugo games and stuff like that, which I swear, like the person on the other end, they were going left, left. And the producer was like, oh, well, whoever's playing it for the screen was going, oh, I forgot to go. Like, oh, you died. No, they only, <laughs> only obey 90, like 50% of the time. Yeah, they can't, that's, have, them, that's the they can't have them winning PlayStations. On exactly. No prizes. Um, I think I think it's just it's difficult to keep it relevant and fresh, and that's why that's where like YouTube and the internet comes in because you know you can put out daily content. I think that's the biggest problem that a show like this is going to face, and the other two have put quite decent points across that I don't need to repeat because they've covered them quite succinctly. But I think if you kept it the old format, it would be novel for about one episode and go, "Oh, I remember this. Why are they playing old games?" Like. Uh, and then when I read that blurb and I was like, oh, cool. And it was celebrities. And I was like, oh, fuck off. These are people that can afford mega massive systems in their own home. I don't want to see them competing with each other. And if it is celebrities, it obviously won't be pro gaming type celebrity. I mean, like if we're talking TV celebrities or whatever, it won't be like the ones that are really good at games because it won't be a competition. It will be uh, 
your Jodie Kids and your Richard Blackwoods of whatever going like, oh, I don't know how to play this and fumbling their way through games. And all it's going to do is make people annoyed because they're going to be shit at them for the sake of entertainment. Same like Crystal Maze. I mean, that was, I used to love watching that. But when they brought it back and it was like a, a spin-off type thing, a celebrity one-off type thing before they made it a couple of series they did. I was just like, I don't want to see people with more money than me just being absolute like hamming it up for the camera. And it would be the same thing with, with this. And no, it's not me being jealous of celebrity status. It's just, I don't care to watch people who don't play games and want the exposure trying to play games. Can't be honest with it. You know, there's plenty of that already. Mm, yeah, the celebrity angle is an interesting one. It's, it's yeah, it, just, because it has no appeal to me. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that they've come down that route because it would be more interesting to watch. You know, get, if they want to just get up and coming, you know, like when you like people used to play for the Krypton Factor and stuff like that, like get people like Johnny Randoms like us who have a background in games, or I don't mean just us as gamers, us as uh, fledgling sites or not so much channels because they had their faces out there, but like, you know, people in the, who want a foothold in the industry that they can say, I've been on Games Master and they can say like, I've, I can take these skills with me and stuff like that. And I know it's not, yeah. edit, I know it's not relevant skills in, in the kind of jobs we're looking for, but it's like, it's exposure for, uh, to use quote unquote us, you know, to get, to get, like, oh, I've seen you on Games Master. I've seen, you know, oh, you knew what you were doing on this, blah, 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 blah. Mm. It just having celebrities in just has no appeal to me. Well, Channel 4, if you want to, uh, if you want us to run Games Master, just uh, give me a shout. Yeah, th- th- that's my sales pitch. Don't okay. get celebs in, get me. <laughs> Hello at thinkingguns.net. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll talk. I-, I have a way to fix this. Sean Davies. Okay. It's a university challenge now, is it? No, no, because... <laughs> Davies. I, no. I was... <laughs> Especially so that's being a cockhead. Um, <laughs> so I-, I had the exact same reaction. I saw this news and went, the fuck who cares and then i thought what if they got people like celebrities who actually do play games and there are some you know that they, they, they won't be massive celebrities but they basically did taskmaster master in video games so basically like okay you two have got to play fifa against each other but you cannot shoot we've deactivated shoot like the only way you can score goals is by either passing it accidentally into the goal or running it in, which is fucking impossible against some of the goalkeepers in FIFA. Or, okay, um, you've got a race, but blindfolded. Like, you know, it isn't Games Master. It's basically Taskmaster, but for games. Yeah, well, that appears to be kind of the pitch, isn't it? It's like five celebrities riddled down to one. And yeah. That's exactly where they're going with it in a way, but they're eliminating people as they go. It sounds like they were doing Taskmaster on Channel 4 because they've just recently taken it, haven't they? They've just recently bought that off of, yeah. off of Dave. Yeah. And you then gone, what, what if they did this with games? And they've looked into their, you know, the annals of history and gone, oh, shit, there, there's actually a thing called Games Master. <laughs> we should bring it back. <laughs> Wait, what? Sorry, That original format wouldn't work, but I would watch, like, um, you know, rando celebrities doing stupid stuff in games if yeah. it was like completely it was funny enough well this yeah. is it if, if they had yeah, and taskmaster is funny if they had two celebrities playing street fighter with a dance mat i'd watch that there you go that's, that's fucking brilliant yeah. I'd watch that. <laughs> you need to you need to you need to get on um uk tv and watch your uh, go eight bit because there are some really good like the last the last level or the last challenge that they do is playing a massive arcade game but with ridiculous controllers and 
it is fun, you know that that get that show. I really really think it died before its time, and uh, it's uh, it's a shame it's not. But they, that will be the same celebrities. You'll get you'll have Dara O'Brien and Nish Kumar and Joel Domit all taking part in Games Master now. Well, to be fair, Dara is like, a massive gamer, so you never know. He might get in on. Yeah, well, Dara is going to be involved in this way. He might be the <laughs> game master. You never know. But yeah, I mean, Taskmaster is a great shout. I mean, Alex Horn is such a genius. And if he's involved in this in any way, I think it might be worth looking at. Because, you know, he's obviously the, the, the mastermind of Taskmaster. So if they can combine the two as an idea, then it might be quite fun. We'll see. Too many, too many things involving baths, I find. Lots, lots of baths and coconuts. As opposed to Too many things that just involve putting water in and in and out of a bath. That's always the task God. whenever I turn it on. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I do, I do like the show. It's funny. It is funny. No fielding, just putting water in a bath while Mel Gedroch is trying to get it out with a bucket. Oh, uh, Taskmaster, what a show! Uh, right then, let's get into a very special version of the Indie Corner because right now the Steam Festival is happening, and Toby is all up in it, as is uh, Mr. Sean Davies. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to leave you two to cry this one out. Okay. So there is just one game that I wanted to talk about that isn't in this. Um, it's called Critters for Sale, which is the most deceptively named game because there is no critters in the map for sale. It's an intense psychological point and click visual novel following the events that, that will transpire in 2033 in a club called Limelight. It is the weirdest frigging game. I have ever seen in my entire life. The first episode is out now on Steam. You can download, which is called Snake. There are five episodes planned. This game looks bonkers. Like the art style is completely unique. It's like an old like Game Boy Advance art style, but completely in black and white, um, mixed with the League of Gentlemen and those Japanese survival visual novel games like Virtue's Last Reward. It is insane. And I am very interested in this game, and I am going to play the first episode week. So that was Critters for Sale. Anyway, so I, the the Steam stay, the Steam Games Festival is on for the next, I guess when this goes up, two days. So you have two days to go and try out some games. And I've been trying some. I think Toby's been trying some. There's an article up uh, on Bingaguns.net of, was it eight, nine that you played, Toby? Uh, yeah, nine, nine shouts, nine highlights. Are I've there, not played every any... single one. All right, okay. Because I couldn't get them all um, to run on my PC, to be honest. Fair enough. Is there any that you absolutely need to shout about from that? Yeah, I've got, I've got two. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I could go go on for quite a while about a whole bunch of them, but um, yeah. So the one I played one last night, which is called Beacon Pines, um, which is a it's sort of a, like a night in the woods style. Um, you know, little little characters that are that have got animal heads. Um, and they're in a creepy storybook adventure. Um, but the um, the art style is just so quaint and so cute. And then at the same time, within about half an hour, I'd managed to kill off one of my friends um, within this game. I was just like, ah, hold on a minute. There's a different angle to this completely. The creepy angle is quite, is, is definitely there straight away. So it's like um, you have to sort of find clues and words that you can then apply to the storybook the words that are actually coming up in the storybook and then you, you can change the words as the words change then the scene changes to a different scene um, and you can find stuff and then go back and change what the word you were using and then see a different you know branch of the of the tree towards the, an, another scene 
Um, but yeah, what, the first time through, I managed to lose characters. Then the second time through, I was like, oh, you can do it with saving this character now that you've got this extra word. Um, but yeah, it was it was really cool. And the, the creepy stuff was was really, really out there. And, and, and that's just a demo. So I think the actual whole game, um, but there's some there's some toxic goo on the floor at one point and you, you sort of kicked a bully into the toxic goo and he started growing all sorts of stuff off the side of him and I was just like oh shit and it's like you know little furry little furry characters doing this when they start growing grotesqueries off the side of their face you're just like ah hold on it it's not what I was expecting from the game <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, one of them got a little, a little flick of t- toxic goo towards their head and they their their fur turned white and I was just like okay um Anyway, so that's that's Beacon Pines. I think um, it's worth a it's worth a look um, for people who liked Night in the Woods, but want something a little bit more horror inspired, maybe. Um, but it's um, but also quaint because it's got that storybook angle. And my second one, unless you want to go next, Sean, did you have another one? No, 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 you do your second one. Okay, my second one was um, Narita Boy, which is no surprise to anyone else on this podcast. Um, Narita Boy or Narita Boy, as they like to say on the game. Um, <laughs> in a sort of strange, over-the-top 80s Japanese announcer voice, um, which is, that was my best attempt. Uh, Narita Boy is this quick Kickstarter from about three years ago um, that I was totally in on right on day one, which I'm quite proud of. Um, it's like Ready Player One mixed with Tron, but then fantasy instead of sci-fi, right? So you go, you're inside a computer, you're inside that world, but you're in a fantasy world, like the Dark Crystal sort of world. There's creatures and there's and there's strange monsters and there's um, you know magic and stuff. But the magic is made of you know RGB and the um, creatures are made out of old consoles and floppy disks. And you fly on a floppy disk surfboard and you know you you ride a creature that's made out of an Apple um, computer. It's, it's that kind of really interesting take on going inside a computer that I've never really seen before. I think it looks totally unique. Um, and it's got, it's got a little bit of the Super Brothers style to the sort of pixel art. You know, there's a sort of you know, really, um, you know, one stick figure for each leg, if you see what I mean, that sort of, um, they're very stick-like creatures. Um, but then the rest of the world itself and the, the music is like, it's like a lost 80s concept album. It's got such an incredibly interesting synth soundtrack going on. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I played the hours demo. I got this sword called the Techno Sword, which was like a gun blade at the same time. Um, and I was like, I'm all, I'm down for this. Every part of the mythos and the lore and the you know the, the weird stuff that's going on in this game. Um, and it was really lore heavy. I know that turns some people off, and you definitely got to get through a bit of exposition even in that demo. But what comes afterwards and what it looks like it has in the entire full game is just it's going to be pretty memorable. It's going to be cool. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I like I'm it. Get on that. Um, the, the, how many times have you written about that game now? Like, five? oh, a number of times. They they should they should be paying me. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm that Narita Boy ran on my laptop. Sweet. Wow. And uh, yeah, I, I I gave it a go, and I couldn't get the sword out, so I don't want to play it anymore. Uh, yeah, the sword. Um, there's an there's an issue on that demo. It doesn't like the sword. Um, it doesn't like the button press on a controller. I took out the controller and I used the keyboard and it worked. Oh, interesting. I don't know. It, 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 these are demos and they're not necessarily all completely ready. The game is not necessarily finished yet. Um, and that, I think that's the kind of thing that you need to bear in mind with the whole Steam Festival is that can happen on a lot of these things. 
but yeah, I could get the techno sort out once I'd once I used the keyboard. I thought I had to time it correctly. I thought there was a there was a yeah. rhythm I was doing. I was I tried so many different combinations. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and then I gave up and thought, oh, fuck it. What's the what's the keyboard coder for this instead? I was like, fuck this game. And that was stupid. <laughs> the ge- the um demo gorgeous. is about half an hour longer than that, so it's that you got about halfway through. Okay. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It's gonna be it's gonna be special. I think. I, I, yeah, I love right. how you, you how you can see it through a CDT. Uh, what do you call it? You've got CRT TV. CRT, yeah. Yeah, like the screen is almost bent through a screen. That's so cool. Everything about it has got a really cool aesthetic. Very awesome. Uh, can I quickly mention the Sunju? Oh yeah, that looks cool too. Which is being made by a studio called 2054. Um, it's a very LucasArts inspired kind of point and click game. Um, it's made by a a lone female in a studio somewhere with a computer, and it looks freaking awesome. Um, it follows a beat cop with the fate of the world in her hands, or the aftermath of a future war. And I've done a little write-up of it on the site, actually. You can check it out now with the trailer. And there's a very cool moment in the trailer where the the character just sort of turns around and looks at you and starts talking to you, and it really freaked me out. But at the same time, it really kind of caught my interest, and um, I've been trying to find out more about it. So I've got my eye on it now and um, hopefully I'll get to play it in the future, but it looks great. And if you want to know more about it, go and check it out on the uh, the website. It looks great. Nice. I, I have a few games that I've played from this Steam Festival. Um, the first was called Kovox Pitch, which is a mix between a baseball game and a rhythm game. You play as a what? guy that's knocking. Yeah, I know, I know. Basically, music, music plays while baseballs are heading towards you and you have to knock them back, and the hitting of the back basically forms the drum beat of the game. Uh, okay. It's like, do-do-do-do, as you knock them back. It's, it's, it's cool. cool. Um, now, I know that no one else kind of like boomer shooters, uh, apart from me, but there's two that I've played in this Steam Game Festival that are pretty good. good. One's called uh, Lawn's Law, uh, or Lure. Lawn's Lure, I guess. Um, you basically play as this uh, weird astro-like um, cybernetic android thing that's got a glitch, and they have two kind of uh, picks, and you basically can climb down this weird low-poly Duke Nukem 364 kind of um, world. And it's very cool. Uh, another one's called uh, Viscera Fest, which is like a Doom game about a woman with a giant mouth who uh, blows stuff up, which is very cool. Uh, Kathy Rain, the director's cut. So it's getting remastered as a director's cut. I enjoyed the game originally, and I can't wait for this game to come out. Um, a game called Teacup, and another one called Slender Threads. Both of them are point-and-click adventures, and both of them are very promising. And there was just a couple more bits. Um, so Astralagaster, I don't know if you can remember me talking about this a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah. I don't know. So it's a hilarious visual novel type game. You you play through like a comedy adventure from the the real world uh, case notes from a astrologaster who's basically uh, a guy that treats patients of all kinds of ailments using the stars, and he's trying to become an actual doctor. And he's always fucking his patients and <laughs> getting up to all kinds of things. Um, but basically, that game has been out on PC for about a year. And it's coming out on Switch on the 18th of February. And the last game I wanted to talk about was called Breath Edge, which I know that uh, 
I think Greg's going to be checking out, uh, which is a space of our yes. game. Just, just Google that game and watch the trailer. I cannot do it justice um, because it looks like a survival game meets, I don't know, like fucking space balls. I don't know. <laughs> it's, you've got an, an immortal chicken. Yeah, with yeah I was going to say, he's got his immortal chicken, which I watched the trailer and was like, sold. Yeah, it looks like it's really funny, uh, but also like uh, a survival game with those kind of mechanics. So. As long as it's as long as it's like subtly funny and not just here are pop culture references for the sake of it, because that would just deem my head in. What was that game about this surviving on a planet? Uh, the Journey to the Savage game. Planet? Yes, I think it's going to be kind of like that. You know, the whole kind of retro sci-fi comedy, but, you know, not too in your face. Although you do have an immortal chicken, so it might be, I don't know. Yeah, I know, I'm kind of... What was that point-and-click one with the two guys in the spaceship? Did anyone play that one? Fuck, what was it called? One was like a young guy, and one was like... They, they were both British. It was like Sir Nigel Bingley, blah, 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 blah. And he had like a proper moustache. He's like, oh, go and put the kettle on, boy. I can't remember what it was called. And I'm not making it up. I'm not going mad. I've not been eating the asbestos. I can't remember what it was called. But it's like a point and click, almost Wallace and Gromit type thing. Ah, fuck. If you know, please write in. Yeah, someone, someone us. <laughs> if, if, if someone's i.e. Paul is sad enough to make an account defending Paul, then someone can be my random trivia blanks on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, defending Paul. Who are you? Who are you, really? Man, so much cool stuff in the Steam Fest. Um, any more? Uh, not from me. Okay. I haven't played this game, but I just... Um... A, a title of a game you know we were talking a few weeks back about games where the whole title is right there and tells you everything you need to know about the game um mm-hmm. i saw a game on there called turnip boy commits tax evasion <laughs> i don't know much awesome. about it but sounds great i've heard some really good stuff about that game <laughs> which is like everyone was like raving about it a couple of days ago on twitter saying i mean let, let's you know the name is sold enough but apparently yeah, exactly. it's really good so I, i'm just hoping that it's not that it is about tax evasion. I, I want that to be about tax evasion. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to just be something where that was just a silly title. I want that to be what the game's about. You really want a game about fudging your books. I want there to be some mechanic in there where he's, you know, making money on his farm or something, Turnip Boy, but by avo- avoiding all taxes. You know, like all the guys come to the farm, they're trying to tax him and he can't, you know, it, none of that's working because his paperwork is just so damn good and he just <laughs> can't get taxed, you know? Something He's like that. workers in cash and stuff like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah cash, exactly. cash and hand job. <laughs> exactly. Just download all right, right then, quick. turn it, boy. I'm going to pay you cash oh. and hand. Is that all right? <laughs> What's that, Paul? I said, so download QuickBooks. Do your taxes Quick online books. and fudge it as much as you like. <laughs> there you go. Consumer advice here on the Thinking Guns podcast. <laughs> yeah. I just like ones, like we said the other week, that just have the whole, you know, the, the elevator pitch in the title. Yeah. Uh, right then, let's jump to the quiz answers. Ooh, Mr. Sean Davies. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, in which first-person shooter would you find the weapons, the Cougar Magnum, the Gold PP7, and the Moonraker Laser? Roscoe. GoldenEye 007. Correct. Tried to get it running on my PC, and my PC broke down. So not going to work on mine. I got it working. Oh, I'm so jealous. It's not that good. Um, oh, it's just a weird remake thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. 
Yeah, pe- people people have been bigging that up, but it's not really that good. Anyway, yeah. um, question two. In 1993, the Battletoads featured in a crossover beat-em-up game developed by Rare. Which other game series was featured in the title? Uh, Greg? Double Dragon. Double Dragon is correct. I'm glad you asked me this one, not the next question. Question three. Name one of the two partners in crime that helps Sly Cooper in titular characters' games. Uh, Paul? I'll put down Bentley the Turtle, but I'm not entirely sure if that's correct or not. Well, that is correct. Um, and the other answer you could have had would be Murray the Hippopotamus. I put some kind of hippo. hippo. <laughs> 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 some kind of hippo. I can't give you half a point for some that kind of hippo. Uh, if you put Bentley or Murray, I'll take it. Um, question four, which of these games doesn't exist? Yeah. Tongue of the Fat Man, Touch Dick, Nobbing the Gnome, Fisting Simulator, or How to Be a Complete Bastard. Toby, which of those games is not real? Fuck knows, but I wrote Fisting Simulator. Fisting Simulator is real. Damn. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> use, isn't it? Tongue of the Fat Man is real. Ooh. Touching Dick is real. Ah. How to Be a Complete Bastard is real. Nobbing the Gnome yes. is not real. <laughs> so the answer is Nobbing the Gnome. I didn't want uh, to Google any of them. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, as, as you shouldn't. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah. Bastard, I remember that one. Uh, okay, question five. What is the name of the last game to release in the Legacy of Cain video game series? Uh, Ross? Now. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, right? The multiplayer was called... The, the multiplayer game was Nosgoth. The last Legacy of Cain titled game was Legacy Defiance. of Cain Defiance. Right. Which okay. one? Which fucking one are you looking for? Well, Nosgoth never actually released. Yeah, it did. Ooh. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. No, you're thinking of the other one, the Black Sun or whatever it's called. No, I'm talking about Nosgoth. It released in beta. It came out as a trial. Yeah. yeah, it came out in beta and never actually released. That's still a release. Oh, is anyway, it? What's, anyway, what's the answer? <laughs> so you're looking for Defiance then? <laughs> so I'm defiance, looking for Defiance, defiance yes. Yeah. Right. Hey! Yeah. So I got it right then. So why am I arguing hey. with you? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, you phrased it like it was a tricksy question. Because it was the other one that didn't come out, wasn't there? And I was like, ah, oh, one's the online and Defiance was amazing. Yeah. I didn't want Nosgarth. I wanted Good. Legacy Legacy Kane Defiance. Question six. Which game released first, Second Sight, or PsyOps The Mindgate Conspiracy? Greg! Which one came well, out? Well, do you want the European release date or the American release date? I want the one that released anywhere in the world first. Well, then PsyOps came out in America first. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because, guess. because Second Sight was going to be amazing and PsyOps was due out, like, it came out later in Europe, but they rushed it from America because they realized that Americans like shoot you bang yee-haw over, you know, intelligent time travel stories. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's what pisses me off because Second Sight got fucking buried by a side yeah. because the American well, market is bigger and they went, yeehaw, rooting two and psychic powers over a really fucking amazing game in Second Sight. And I will champion that game because it is the tits. I've still got my original Xbox version. Can't play it. Still got it. Yeah, people accused um, Second Sight of copying PsyOps despite the fact that they were in development yeah. at the same time. And PsyOps was actually rushed. And Fucking out. Midway, wasn't it? Rushing out PsyOps. Like, yep, it's getting the American market because people love Midway because we produce Mortal Kombat. So everyone went, yeah. How many stereotypes can I do in one pissy answer? I was going to say, you're doing really well, but <laughs> 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 Uh 
Okay, question seven. What was the first video game ever to be played in space, Paul? Uh, Tetris. Tetris, correct. Well, no, balls. Uh, question eight. How many fret buttons are there on the guitar controller for the original Guitar Hero? Toby? Five. Five is correct. Oh, son of a bitch. You can always remember because your little finger is going ding, ding, ding. Yeah, you hit an atrophy, your little finger. To get the blue, <laughs> and the you got just horrible cramps blue. in it. Yeah. Orange. Was it orange? Orange, the last yeah, one? orange yeah. is the last one. Yeah, because I'm going from medium to hard, and it's like, and you can slide your hand on the guitar neck. And I was like, slide? Like a real <laughs> guitar player? No. <laughs> okay, uh, question nine Which 2014 game follows the story of Rifleman Jack Cooper and the Mac called BT7274? Russ? The best shooter of the last generation, Titanfall 2. So Titanfall 2 is correct. I put Titanfall, does that count? No. Uh, and finally, question 10, without Googling, what <laughs> colour are Crash Bandicoot's eyes? Brown. Um, Green. Paul. Green. Green is correct. Almost as so, bad as what colour is Nax's nose? Oh. Well, there's going to be one of these in every quiz now. I'm going to ask you the colour of something. <laughs> okay. So, so get used to it. All right. I'm ready. Okay. So... Let's start with Ross. What was your what was your score? Eight. Eight. Reasonable score. Uh, Greg? You. Hang on, I'm doing math. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six. Blimey. Oof. Yeah, but Still I didn't Google my score. answers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul? Um, so do I get Titanfall or do I not get No. No! Titanfall didn't have a campaign. Titanfall 2. It's going to be Titanfall 2. And that's for the series. I'm just going to go. I've got eight then. Okay. Uh, Toby? Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, it's a, it's a Ross and Paul draw. Hey. Bravo, Ross. Congratulations. Thank you. That, so that means that both of you go one point ahead of everyone else. Boy. I'm going to go and play some touch dick. <laughs> and, then, and then I might do some gaming. <laughs> oh, what a pull! Nice work, uh, Rylan. You just, you just self-congratulate each other. Well, why not? Some <laughs> backs. How is well done, Paul? Self-congratulate. Uh, well, you know, it's just, never mind. Not self-congratulatory. Just okay. Right then, let's go to out this week with Toby Anderson. Okay, so um, at this week, February the 9th, um, we've got a game called The Wild 8 coming out on Xbox One. Um, and that's it for like two days. Then on February the 11th is really your main set for this week. There's almost nothing coming out. So uh, Death Crown is coming to Switch and PS4. Little Nightmares 2 is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox uh, One and Xbox Series consoles as well. And I presume PS5, although it doesn't say it here. Um, Undermine, which was on Xbox uh, Game Pass, is coming to Switch. Uh, something called Prin uh, Pretty Princess Party is coming to Switch. That one's definitely you know one for us, I think. There, um, Aircraft Carrier Survival is coming to PC. On the Road Truck Simulator is coming to Xbox One, and a game called Endurance. Oh, actually, sorry, this is February the 12th now. Um, Endurance Space Action is coming to Xbox One. Love those titles where it's Space Action. Just, that's a rubbish title. Um, Rover Wars Battle for Mars is also coming to Xbox One. And Gal Gun Returns is coming to PC and Switch. And then the last big game for this lot is uh, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury coming to Switch on February the 12th. And then there is literally three or four days where almost nothing comes out whatsoever. And that's it. 
Nice. There's um, there was I saw an article the other day about or earlier on about Gal Gun uh, promoting school shooting. Wow, mm, interesting. And I was just <laughs> like, have you played them or seen the trailers? <laughs> It was just a bit like, wow, that is a hot take and a half. It's almost as dumb as that one that Sean retweeted earlier about music doesn't make a game. No, what was it? Music is the least important part of the game. Music, apparently, music. A lot of people are agreeing with that. Uh, Fucking tards. Just, sorry, I can't say that. Um, Just fucking, (laughs) sorry, it just annoyed me that much. It's like, you've got so many prime examples, but the idea that music doesn't make a game important, it's like, no, no, music is the least. There are so many games that I have only got interested in because i've heard my music hound, my soundtrack collection i got fucking yeah, hotline miami absolutely. Fury, haven um mother russia bleeds metal gears Res, you know celeste Res, yeah yeah fucking loads of them and there's so many i want i've got loads of the data discs hyperlight drifter streets of rage banjo kazooie uh, exactly what um, <laughs> <laughs> donkey Kong country uh 64 with its rap yes conquer's bad for a day I mean, that's just 10, 12 examples. And for someone to go, yeah, music's not important. Or I'm sorry, if you're playing your NBA sports game and it's just boring, generic trap music, then yes. But yeah, the notion that music is the least important feature of a game. I would have said like having people not able to have up is up. You know, I think inverted should be mandatory and that's the least important feature that needs to be changed. I think everyone should have invert just to annoy them. But the idea that music is not very important is just so dumb. Well, Gal Gun looks to be far more concerned with uh, a waifu <laughs> in a school uh, than it does about the actual school shooting. Oh, it's a Toby joint, then. Yeah. Uh, it really, it really <laughs> is not. <laughs> oh, imagine All if I right. got the job at Peaky. I'd have to promote that. Oh, I'll get you a code. Jesus Christ. I don't want it. I don't want it. No, it's too late now. <laughs> I don't want my bloody trophy list. <laughs> uh, right then, that does bring a solemn end. To this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. As ever, if you do want to follow us, don't forget to follow our link tree in the description below. We are absolutely everywhere. So subscribe and follow and tap and like and all the stuff that you need to do to make Finger Guns super, super duper successful. And of course, don't forget to, of course, go to fingerguns.net for all your latest reviews, features, and news. If you really like what we do, go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash fingerguns. For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast on its hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. So, until next time, it is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Bye. Goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Paul Collett. See you. And goodbye from the FFG, Sean Davies. Traduck. Until next time, I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time. So, Toby, have you been pegged yet? <laughs> You're just going to put that on the end of every <laughs> single one. <laughs> Of the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>